Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone and welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast Club. I'm your host Jess and this week I'll be covering the podcast Strange and Unexplained with Daisy Egan. I'm going to be talking about a show from my all-time favourite podcasting network, The Obsessed Network. It's run by King of Podcasts and Patrick Hines, and without a doubt, I'll cover all of their shows at some point. I'm a massive fan and I never miss one. Today I'll be talking about Strange and Unexplained with Daisy Egan. The tagline for the show is true stories about weird shit. I love this show, as always. They cover so many topics from Bigfoot and haunted theatres to UFO encounters and time travellers. The show truly has a weird rabbit hole for everyone and I love it. The premise is for the hosts to pick apart reports, sightings and essentially all the receipts to have a formed opinion on whether the suggestion is unnatural phenomenon existing around us or all old wives' tales. Our host, Daisy Egan is a Broadway star who started in the world-famous theatre district aged just nine. Then at age 11, Egan became the youngest actress to win a Tony Award for Best Performance by a Featured Actress for playing Mary Lennox in The Secret Garden. Over a multi-decade career acting and writing, she's appeared in all forms of entertainment media and rose to stardom in all forms, from Leslie Miz on Broadway to HBO's Girls and CBS's The Mentalist on TV. Daisy's also an activist for women's and LGBTQ rights. She's a big voice in political arenas right now and continues to fight for change throughout her writing. So today I'm going to be covering episode 6 of the Strange and Unexplained podcast, which looks at reincarnation and four people who have claimed to live before. Strange and Unexplained, where each week we'll take a peek inside something mind-boggling and I'll be like, show me the receipts. So what is reincarnation? Okay, so first off, this episode blew my mind when it first came out. Of course, I've heard of reincarnation. We all say things like, oh, that Robin in the gardens, my granddad coming to visit. Well, in my family, we do anyway. Or have silly conversations about what we'd like to come back as, or even who we were in a past life. However, before I went any further, I wanted to know what it actually means, what literally defines reincarnation. So the literal word behind it is to take on the flesh again, so essentially to become another living being, be it an animal or a human. In Hinduism, a religion which has a strong belief in reincarnation, there's four cycles that they believe in. Birth, life, death and rebirth. There are many philosophers and religions that believe in different forms, being spiritually or physically coming back alive, which is what people in today's episode believe. (laughs) 
So in the episode, Daisy tells us four different stories. I'm going to retell the stories with bits of Daisy's information and do my best to do additional side digging because these stories are crazy. And when I say people, mainly kids, are crazy. Can we all agree that sometimes they are the cutest, but sometimes the scary as hell? Telling me about a life you've lived before when you were still in a nappy? No. Anyway, the first story is that of Ryan Hammond. In 2009, four-year-old Ryan Hammond began experiencing nightmares and claiming to be homesick. He'd wake up in the middle of the night crying for his mum, saying that his heart had exploded. He'd tell her that he'd missed his old life and the conditions he was living in weren't up to the same standard as what he was used to when he lived in Hollywood. But Ryan was four and had 100% never lived in or gone remotely near Hollywood. Nor had he had three children, lived on a street with the name Rockin' or had a friend named Senator Fives. Though these were all memories that he himself, at four, recalled. Ryan was actually born and raised in Oklahoma, but recalled these vivid, insane and descriptive memories of a long time before he even existed. Eventually, after weeks of the Hollywood obsession on Ryan's part, his mum Cindy took him to the library to look up old Hollywood photos so Ryan could explore and learn about it. No harm since he seemed really into it. Innocent enough until he picks a particular photo from the archives and claims, that's George and that's me. The man he claimed to have been was Martin Martin, a Hollywood agent who went by Marty Martin that died in 1964. According to his parents, at the age of five, Ryan and his mother were watching television when the Hollywood sign appeared on the screen, causing Ryan to immediately begin to cry, begging to be taken back. One of these things which finally convinced his mother that he wasn't lying was the fact that Ryan kept asking for true aid, a drink which was popular in the 1940s. But it, I don't know why I've just said it like that, in the 1940s, but was discontinued decades before Ryan was born. His parents decided to contact a man named Dr. Jim Tucker from the University of Virginia. Specifically, he's an associate professor of neurobehavioural sciences and and psychiatry. He's been looking at children who claim to remember their past lives throughout his career and has released a book and loads of studies on the topic. Dr. Tucker sat down with Ryan and began to ask him questions, questions only the real Marty Martin had known. So Ryan answered these questions quite diligently and he provided 55 detailed facts about Martin's life. Dr Tucker then went on to do extensive research on Marty Martin, even went as far as to contact the late Hollywood agent's daughter to ascertain Ryan's accuracy. It turned out that everything Ryan told the doctor was true, including that Martin died of a heart attack. Remember his heart was exploding in his dreams? So something even more mind-blowing is one detail Ryan got wrong. He claimed to have died when he was 61, however Martin's death certificate made him 59. Given the detail that Ryan had provided so far, Dr Tucker looked into it and uncovered documents showing that Martin had in fact lied about his age years before and actually died when he was 61, just as Ryan had said. After a couple of years, Ryan began to say the memories were fading and he'd be about 16 or 17 today. So in more recent reports, which are very few and far between, he no longer recalls the life he claimed to have lived before. 
The next story that Daisy tells us on this episode is about a two-year-old boy named Lee who was having night terrors that caused him to be in constant fear, claiming that he was scared of being crushed. Which is a really weird fear for such a little child. Lee's middle name was Cole, but every time he said it, he would pronounce it Cow, which his parents tried to correct him on, thinking it might have been like a speech impediment or he just wasn't sure on how to pronounce it, only for him to tell them, no, it's actually Cow, my mother's name. Which, obviously, his mum was like, "Mm, nope, not my name, kid. So his mum and dad began questioning him after a lot of this weird behaviour because does he have a past life? Does he remember something? He also developed a weird fascination with Hollywood, much like Ryan from the last story, and often talked about needing to go back for work. So was he an actor? No, he said, I was a writer. So they began asking him, what did he write? Name him famous film titles out loud. When they got to the fifth or sixth, they said, Gone with the Wind, and Lee said, yeah, that was my movie. I wrote that one. Now, that seems like a leading question. I think if I asked any of the children in my life, did you write Gone with the Wind? Maybe not Gone with the Wind, but if I like, if they were telling me, they were trying to convince me they were an actor, if I said, like, did you write Encanto? They'd be like, hell yeah. So, mm, bear with me, let's see. Lee also refused to celebrate his birthday on the 21st of June, which was his birthday, claiming that, no, in fact, it was the 26th of June. After some research putting two and two together, the family looked into the writer of Gone with the Wind, Sidney Cow Howard, who was, in fact, born on the June 26th, the June, sorry, June 26th of 1891. Just before the release of Gone with the Wind in 1939, the writer was at home on his Massachusetts farm when he went to take his tractor out of the garage to work on his property. Tragically, however, a hired hand had left the tractor in gear and it lurched forward, pinning him to the foundation wall of the garage and crushed him to death. Just like little Lee's night terrors. Lee, from an early age, showed an aversion to anything being near his upper body and although he was interested in tractors, he was terrified by them too. By the time Lee was able to visit Sydney's farm, all his memories he claimed to be gone. Dr Tucker also worked with Lee and features in his book. However, I feel like this one is a little bit more mainstream of a famous person and story. For Ryan, at least it was like a random agent no one has ever heard of from the 1940s. But Sydney Cow Howard isn't exactly an unknown talent like obviously I don't expect a kid to know gone with the wind but I don't know maybe maybe not so story number three is that of Luke Ruhlman he was a young boy from Cincinnati when his parents often spoke of the son's strange behavior when it came to things like safety at home crossing the road or drinks that were too hot or too cold. He took these things very seriously. And his parents thought that these weren't usually things that a two-year-old would be too concerned about. However, that being said, by all reports and his parents, my mum drilled as a no-nose into me by that age about that sort of thing, for sure. But 
what do I know? I wasn't in Luke's house. So, over time, the little boy repeatedly kept mentioning the name Pam. Everyone was called Pam. His toys, his the wardrobes, the doors, Pam, Pam, Pam. He also kept making comments like, I used to have hair like that, or I wore earrings like that. So one day, his parents sat him down and were like, where's he got all these ideas from? They want to know who Pam is. Boy, who's Pam? Well, I was, he said. <clears throat> what do you mean? I used to be Pam, but I died. I went up to heaven, I saw God, and eventually God pushed me back down, and I woke up a baby that you named Luke. No, 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 absolutely not, thank you. No. Freaky. So his parents claimed they were shocked because they'd not raised the son religiously and they'd never talked about God or heaven in front of the little boy. It's not out of the realm of possibility because they've heard it from somewhere else, but that's a weird thing to say. His parents went with the story just to get more information and asked them, how did you die? So the boy replied, I died in a fire. I used to live in Chicago. I walked a lot and I caught a lot of trains. They wanted to know more about Pam, so he told them he was a black woman and that's all the information he gave other than a fallen motion. To verify what her son had told her, the mother googled fires in Chicago and came across information about a fire at the Paxton Hotel. It was a well-known hotel located in Chicago. Well, not well-known enough for a two-year-old to know, but pretty well-known. The hotel made headlines after a fire caused the fatalities of many of its residents in 1993. The boy's mother also came across the name of one of the victims who died in the fire, a 34-year-old black woman named Pam Robinson. The parents wanted to test the boy after obtaining a picture of Pam Robinson, so they mixed it in with other female photos and asked Luke to see if he could show them which one was Pam. Immediately, he picked out her picture, according to them. Later, Luke's mum tracked down Pam's daughter, finding that she was a lover of similar music to Luke, such as Stevie Wonder, which Daisy points out, who isn't? And that she played the keyboard, which coincidentally, Luke's favourite toy was his toy keyboard. But what kid's toy, with what kid's favourite toy isn't the largest toy, you know? So after meeting with the daughter of Pam, Luke stopped talking about Pam pretty much altogether. This case was never looked into by Dr. Tucker, so it's unknown if he didn't believe it or if he just didn't bother. But again, it seems super strange for a toddler to make that up and super evil for a parent to impose that on a child and make them lie about it if it isn't true. The fourth and final story that Daisy tells us in the episode is that of Geoffrey Keane. If you can not hear it through the mic, my eyes are rolling to the back of my head because this one's slightly different and the story of a 43-year-old man. So in 1991, when he was about 43 years old, Jeffrey Keane and his wife Anna were in Pennsylvania for some antiquing. When they went on the drive, Jeffrey asked if they could make a stop at the Anatinum, but I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, sorry, battlefield where a civil war battle was fought in September of 1862. When he walked out to a place called the Sunken Road, which apparently was a significant place in that battle, as soon as he got there, he claimed he had trouble breathing and felt very emotional, starting to cry. He wondered if he was having a heart attack, but then suddenly felt compelled to go to the gift shop. Sounds like my level of daily drama, and Jeff just wanted to buy himself a pick-me-up gift. But anyway... He bought himself a copy of the Civil War Quarterly, 
weird self-gifts and weird thing to exist. And then when he got back in the car, he told his wife he didn't want to talk about what he did or saw. So, okay, weirdo, didn't want to worry about it anyway. 18 months later, at a Halloween party, Jeffrey sat down with a palm leader who asked him if he believed in reincarnation, leading him to, for some weird reason, tell her about his weird crying at the battlefield gift shop experience. That's when the psychic told him that he died there in a past life. Convenient on such little information. So he goes back, he reads the magazine, he finds an article on a Confederate general called John B. Gordon. Sounds like a great guy. Anyway, long story short, because this one is a big fat lie, in my opinion. The middle-aged man went to a battlefield, decided he was a dead general who happened to be in the exact issue of the one magazine he bought from a gift shop that we all feel compelled to pass through at these historic sites, because you have to, and now he's got a book, documentary, and a career off the back of it. The kids I can get on board with, but not you, Jeff. Yeah, fair bet. So, reincarnation, do I believe it? I don't know. I'd be ignorant to say no, but it's not something I've experienced in someone I remotely know. Just to know the story, like, from their own mouths first hand, see if it makes sense. So I don't know if it's a nice idea or not either. I mean, great, we'll be back to try again, but also maybe let the dead rest, yeah? What do I know? I'm just giving you the evidence we have, and I think Daisy and I agree. Jeff is an absolute no, but the kids, why else would they do it? Being a reincarnated famous person is a literal 15 minutes of fame clickbait article and not a more. It's not going to get you in a mansion or take you on luxury holidays in the Caribbean, so why make it up? Some people are weird, or these kids do remember something they shouldn't know anything about. Let me know what you think over on Instagram at Tuesday Night Pod or email me at Tuesday Night Podcast Club at gmail.com. So let's wrap up this week's episode. I love all of the Obsessed Network shows. This one is amazing. From episode one, I was hooked. That one's about the watcher, so go and give it a listen. I'm going to give it a five on the podcast scale for absolutely go and binge now. You will be messed in the head and loving the conspiracies and the theories and the craziness. Daisy tells stories with the exact right amount of spooky and sarcastic and I love it. It streams on all podcasts and platforms and the podcast network and Daisy can all be found over on Instagram. I'll tag them over on socials. Thank you so much for listening to the Tuesday Night Podcast Club episode 5. Please remember to rate and review, subscribe and follow us on Insta at Tuesday Night Pod. For anything else, email Tuesday Night Podcast Club at gmail.com. See you next week. Bye.